five. Day five of five days of prayer at 6 a.m. So it is, um, it's been a good week. Me and Pastor Brown were just talking, seeking God's face all week. And end tonight with 12 hours of prayer, all night prayer, which for me is one of the, uh, my favorite spiritual moments that I've had in the last seven years here at chapel. Um, and so as we pray today, we're praying about the goodness of God. And later on, we're going to pray through Ephesians 3. Um, but before we do, I want to read Ephesians 2, 7, which is the scripture in the prayer guide this morning, which said, In the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus, that God is a good God. Even in times of turmoil, times of suffering, times of frustration, times of unanswered prayer, times of doubt, times of worry, times of anxiety, God is a good God. And I'm sure Job, as we've mentioned a couple times this week, I'm sure Job questioned that in the middle of all the chaos. But at the end, he realized God was good at the beginning, God was good in the middle, and God is good now. And it's that goodness that draws us in to prayer. It's that goodness that draws us into his presence, that goodness that draws us in to seeking him even more and more and more. And so this morning, I just want you to take some of the worship time and really start thanking God for his goodness in your life. Thanking him for even the moments that you've had that were difficult that he still showed himself or revealed himself as being good. And you can start from birth all the way to now and just looking at God's hand upon your life and seeing the goodness of the Lord that was revealed to you and through you and through those situations. So Father, we just bless you this morning. And we just say that you are good. That you're good in every definition of the word. Your ways are good. Your heart is good. Your thoughts are good about us. Your love is good. Your power is good. Your presence is good. Your kingdom is good. And Father, we just bless you for being good, being perfect, being holy, being righteous. And so Father, in this morning, we just join with the angels of heaven, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. We pray that you just break through heaven this morning and break through heaven and just reveal your goodness to us, Father. Stir us a heart and a spirit of gratitude within us. And Father, we just ask for a release of your goodness in this church, in our community, in our country, in our nation. Father, in the world, Father, all across the world, so many things are going on in countries like Afghanistan and Iran and Myanmar even in places like our own country and our own nation, even in our own schools, even with the pandemic, there's so much chaos going on that, Father, we just ask that you pour out some goodness. Pour out a greater measure of your Holy Spirit so you can touch your people to reveal the goodness of heaven and the goodness of God. So we bless you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name.
to be
that song one more time. That's one of my favorite prayer songs, but it reminded me of Mary when she anointed the feet of Jesus right before the crucifixion. It says this in John 12. It says, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they give a dinner for him there, and Martha served, and Lazarus was one of, the, one of them reclining at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Like it's interesting John says that in the scripture because I think as he's writing, he's reminded of the smell of her worship. As he's literally writing the gospel of John, and he's remembering the story of them sitting at this dinner table and Mary walking in and what looks like waste is actually an anointing. And he's reminded of the smell that filled the entire house. What one person called waste, another is still remembering after the death and resurrection and probably 30 years after Jesus had ascended. That smell had filled the house. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he was about to betray him, said, why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? And he said this, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. And Jesus said, leave her alone so that, she may, so that they may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always will have with you, but you do not always have me. I want you kind of to take a posture this morning of just of Mary. So if you want to find a spot, if you can kneel, kneel. If you need to lay, lay. But I want you to take a moment. So we're going to go back to the song. And I want you to have this posture of Mary. As you're seeing this, Lord, we love you. It's this, Lord, I, I don't have much to pour out. I may not have ointment this morning, but I do have my heart. I'm going to pour my heart upon your feet. I'm going to wipe your feet with my words of worship, my words of praise. I'm going to posture myself in a posture of Mary, not Lazarus. There's enough Lazarus in the, in the church or enough Judases in the church where Lazarus sit there and they're spectators. Even though God had done so much for Lazarus, I mean, he resurrected him from the dead. And now he's sitting at the table with Jesus. He should have been the one pouring the ointment upon the feet of Jesus. He should have been the one wiping the feet of Jesus. He should have been the one kneeling at the feet of Jesus, pouring out his heart and his love. God had done so much, but he sat there spectating. And so much of the church, God has done amazing things in their lives. He's literally resurrected them from the dead spiritually. He's saved them from consequences of their actions. He's healed them. He's delivered them. He's redeemed them. He's answered prayers. But yet, they're spectating at the table of the Lord. Then there's enough Judases out there where Judas is the one who's sitting there watching and, and criticizing. He's analytical of everything everyone else does. He's, he's analytical of what God is doing, trying to figure out what Jesus is doing, what his plan is, what his strategy is. Then you find Mary. She's not spectating. She's not analyzing. She's worshiping. And later on in another story, probably the same Mary, Martha's busy working and Martha's busy doing all this stuff and Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus again. And he says, leave her alone, Martha, for she's doing the better part. And maybe if we just got back to the better part of a posture of sitting at the feet of Jesus, pouring 
our perfume out upon his feet. Even as it says here that in another one of the gospels, it says that she'll be remembered for this forever. Wherever my story is told, make sure you tell her story. And all she did was sit at the feet of Jesus. And I literally think that's all God asked for. I think he asked if he's done a great work in you, you pour out a great heart to him. And as you do, everything else is taken care of. Just find you a spot. If you'll just go back into that. And let's just, let's just pour our hearts out to God this morning.
God pours his love back into you. And I want you to know this morning as you're sitting at the feet of Jesus, that you're sitting at the feet of perfect love. A perfect love that casts out all fear. A perfect love that casts out all anxiety. A perfect love that casts out all worry. A perfect love that casts out every wrong thought, every fearful thought. Even as Mary sat there pouring her heart out upon Jesus, many people believe she was maybe the woman caught in the act of the adultery or maybe the woman at the well, a woman who had a past, a woman who had uh, some issues in her past. And here she is taking this risk of pouring her heart out before Jesus. And Lazarus sitting there and Judas starts criticizing her many times when we step into a place of a posture of giving our all to Jesus, giving our best to Jesus, of pouring our heart out to Jesus, the enemy starts to step in and starts to criticize us and to tell us we're not good enough or we're wasting our time or we're wasting our energy or we're wasting our prayers or we're wasting our worship or wasting our heart or we're wasting our purpose or we're wasting our plans or we're wasting our dreams. Just like Judas, this is a waste. All while Mary's still sitting at the feet of Jesus. Mary doesn't jump up to defend herself. Mary doesn't jump up to explain herself. Mary doesn't jump up to, to try to debate Judas and try to show him why she was doing what she was doing because she didn't need to. Jesus simply said, leave her alone because what she's doing is preparing me for burial. See, when you're sitting at the feet of perfect love, love protects you. It takes care of you. Cast away the fear of people's opinions. Cast away the, the doubts of your past reputation. And Jesus affirms her and pours his love into her. In Romans 8, it says this about God's love. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I think... Mary, when she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, realizes, what then shall I say to this thing? If Jesus is for me, who can be against me? 
He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us. How will we, he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Who should criticize us or attack us or bring reputation against us or gossip against us or slander against us? For it is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who is indeed interceding for us, who shall then separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. See, it's not that you conquer because of the power of Christ. You conquer because of the love of Christ. Your victory is directly correlated by the love of Jesus. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angel, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing shall separate you from the feet of Jesus. It's a place where love begets love. God has poured out his love upon us in Christ Jesus. And we pour back out our love in worship. And as we pour out, God continually pours back in and reminds us of the victory we have in him. This morning, God is telling you, just like Mary, he does not care where you've been. He does not care what you've been through. That he loves you unconditionally. And you're doing the better part in this moment. And it's these moments that set you up for your future victories. It's these moments that set you up for future power. It's these moments that set you up for future uh, victory and conquering whatever it is that comes against you. It's in these moments that God sets a, a shield of protection around you of his love. The Bible also says that he pours his love into our hearts through Christ Jesus. This moment, just take this as a moment of receiving the love of Christ. That it was love that compelled him to create Adam and Eve. It was love that compelled him to create you before the foundations of the world. It was love that compelled him to make a plan where the enemy snuck into the garden. It was love that compelled him to create a plan of restoration for all mankind. It was love that compelled him to send his only begotten son, Jesus, from heaven upon a throne to a dirty, filthy earth. It was love that compelled him that when he was accused wrongly to not even defend himself. It was love that compelled him to endure the pain and suffering of the cross. It was love that compelled him even upon the cross to cast, cast out forgiveness saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It was love that pushed him into the grave, but it was love that also brought him out of the grave. It was love that made him and forced him and compelled him and motivated him for 40 days to walk upon this earth preaching the kingdom of heaven which is a kingdom of love 
And now it's love that compels him to intercede on our behalf. Every single moment of our lives, interceding to the Father. It's love that motivated him, compelled him to release his own spirit on the day of Pentecost. The spirit of love to fill our hearts with the love of Jesus. And it's his love in these moments that draws us deeper into that love. Father, this morning we pour our love upon your people. We pray that it's a sweet, sweet aroma of praise. We pray that it fills the heavens with a fragrance of perfume. Father, I pray that you fill this church with a fragrance of worship. Fill our hearts with an overflowing pouring of your love. Father, help us to rest in your love, to trust in your love. And right now, Father, I pray for everyone in this room and everyone online joining us, that as you pour out your love, it cast out every single fear. Fear of what's going to happen tomorrow. Fear of what's going to happen next week. Fear of what's going to happen next year. Fear of bad news. Fear of, of different anxieties and stressors in life. Fear, Father, of what may come upon us from the enemy. Fear of temptation. Fear of loss, Father. We pray to cast out every single fear. And that the freedom of love reigns within our minds and our hearts and our spirits. for a deeper understanding of a love that's inseparable that neither death nor life sword attack of the enemies sickness suffering evil nothing shall separate us from a love so deep pray that you help us to understand the breadth the depth width, the height of a love that's so incomprehensible. Oh, Jesus. Touch your people, Father. Father, right now in this moment, we just, we intercede for our loved ones. Just pray for the love of Jesus to flood, flood our families. Father, to flood our marriages. Father, to flood the lives of those that we love that are far away from you. Father, those prodigal sons and daughters, we pray it's the love that you have for them that draws them back. It's your love that compels them, your goodness that compels them to godly sorrow. Father, we pray for your love to be released, your love to flow like a mighty river, and that everything it touches is softened and renewed and regenerated and moved to a place of a posture of sitting at your feet. 
So this morning, we just pray for a release of love. Father, specifically, we pray for every single veteran, and we pray for the military that's in Afghanistan and dealing with all this chaos. Father, for veterans that I've talked to all week long that are frustrated and broken, we're starting to see the suicide rate crank up, Father, from the frustration. Father, we just pray that there's a love that they can encounter that moves their minds from the past to the future. So Father, we just pray for our government, for a release of your love and your wisdom and your knowledge, your discernment to navigate all these chaotic moments in our world. That, Father, our government can be an extension of your kingdom. It can, it can move your kingdom forward by being an extension of your love and your wisdom and your purpose here on earth. Above all, we just pray in these moments that you allow for our hearts to be in alignment with your heart, that our love is a reflection of your love, that we don't carry a humanistic type of love, a selfish type of love. We carry a, a heavenly form of love, a love that reflects your character, a love that reflects your purpose, a love that reflects your truth, a love that reflects your will, a love that reflects, just like Mary, this posture of sitting and pouring out everything we have so you can pour in everything you have into us. So Father, we bless you and we thank you for these moments. In Jesus' name.
It's yours, it's yours, it's yours. 